You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest is Jonathan Pang this week. John is a CrossFit coach at CrossFit MFP. He is a volleyball coach at Eastern, as well as a professor there, all of which we dive into on the show. We were having such a good conversation before we got started that I actually figured let's just start recording and we'll get right into it. So there's not too much of a formal introduction to John. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, he's absolutely hilarious. We talk about on the show how he comes about doing his Instagram videos. So if you don't follow him already, I'll get that linked up in the show notes and uh, let's send it over to the interview now. All right, cool. We should be good. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we were just uh, diving into a little bit about uh, your gym, CrossFit MFP, and and kind of how how you're coaching athletes. And I like one of the things you said, like basically you don't need to go heavy. Like if you're if you're doing CrossFit for health and longevity, and I think that could be from your strength and conditioning background. Yeah. So you have the CSCS. What's like the balance between doing CrossFit? and a CSCS because I know yeah, like a, a lot of strength coaches are are a lot different on that so I know they're like the complete opposite right they're like the NSCA and the CrossFit they have this whole you know drama with them and I think they're both so silly like they're I feel like it's both uh, opposite ends of the spectrum you know um as long as you're moving it's better than nothing but I think because I started right in CrossFit like 2013 CrossFit I was like you know you love that feeling of like putting yourself in the dirt doing something crazy hard, you know, and like, if you're not sweating or you're not breathing heavy, then it wasn't a good workout. Right. And the opposite end of it, like CSCS, right. Strength and conditioning. You, not that you don't go heavy, but you're doing the same thing every other two weeks. Right. So it gets kind of monotonous, but you're building strength, right. For your sport. And so it really helps that Marco, right. He knows what he's doing. Um, the, progressions the programming that we have is very centered around crossfit movements but you know building strength and building health longevity so that we're really not going hard or heavy every day you can't do the body's not otherwise you're going to burn out right a lot of crossfitters are burn out like after a year and a half you know they're like oh i can't do this anymore or they get back pain or something right so honestly a lot of people have come to us from other gyms or uh from other, any other kind of fitness thing and yeah, you know, at first they're a little iffy because like, oh, like why is today's workout like for quality or something, you know, like wh- why don't, why isn't there like a clock or anything, right? And they really, they buy in, you can hit it five days a week because you're supposed to, you know, you got to move a little bit every day. And it's usually like some Mondays, uh, pretty fast, like Metcon. Wednesday's pretty tough. Like today's pretty tough. Friday, always like fast Friday, but Thursdays are pretty much, you know, international rest day. Like everyone takes off and or active recovery. And then Tuesday is our quality flow. It's no shoes day Tuesday. So we actually try to train at least once a, once a week, no shoes, right. And do movements that don't require that. So you feel a little more connected to the floor. And so we have a lot of people that can come six, seven days a week, you know, Sunday open gym and stuff like that. 
Um, and they really buy in because they realize I'm not getting hurt. My shoulder feels a lot better than it used to because I, I can't snatch every day, even though I want to, you know. So I think there's a, a fine balance there. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum, the bodybuilding, you know, we'll throw a little bit of that too on Saturdays. So we're hitting everything, but I don't think the, if you don't pay attention to the programming, like people don't know, they're just doing it. Oh, I feel good. You know, oh, when's the last time we snatched, right? Like a week and a half ago, but when they do it the next time, they're like, Oh, I, I feel great. You know? So, um, yeah, that balance, I don't know. Have you found you're able to go harder personally, like on those days that it's actually like, okay, push today. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Cause like, so it's cuts like kind of on and off, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. So like, it gives you something to look forward to, you know, like, Oh, I got to earn the weekend today. You know, like we always say that like on Fridays, I get earn the weekend. So, you know, push hard. Um, and most people are like hella sore from Monday or Wednesday, whatever. Right. So they want to hit the workout, but they're kind of glad it's like a low intensity, you know, a lot of body weight stuff, a lot of positional stuff. Um, very gymnastic focused, you know? So yeah, I find myself like, you know, working out seven days a week for the past, whatever years feel great, you know, like, um, with my volleyball shoulder, I'm all bum volleyball shoulder, like during the season, dude, like if I like had practice and then try to do muscle ups the day after it's like on fire. And then only recently now it feels great. So like, cause we actually, you know, are mindful of our movement and take care of it and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess that takes time. Like a lot of people don't want to put three, four, five, six months into a program. You yeah. want two weeks and you want to see the results. And exactly, it's like, exactly. I feel like I'm not working that hard, but you look six months down the road and your PR on your back squat by 30, 40 pounds, yeah. like you, like we were talking about. So I think that longevity piece is huge. I think it all depends on the gym that you're going to. Cause some some gyms just have competition and it's like basically every day you walk in and KOP was a lot like that. I really, I really enjoyed it because, you know, at the time I'm 20 years old, I can recover from anything, but now I know that wouldn't be good for me anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah, going back to like, Oh my God, I would love going, right. You see the whiteboard because they write everything old school kind of style and it didn't help going with my roommate. Who's also very competitive, you know? And so like you, you freaking on the floor every day. Right. Is that maintainable at that age? Probably. Right. Is that sustainable? But like in the long run, probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, like take a rest day, take two rest days, whatever it is, if you're doing that. So, yeah, every day doesn't have to be super intense, which I think a lot of people don't get it yet. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's good to hear, though, man. Well, let's uh, let's just jump into your background a little bit. I was reading your bio on the website and you've had a you've had a pretty interesting you know, a couple of years since you uh, got out of high school, you've been yeah. Miami, Australia. So tell us like what the journey has been like. Um, yeah. So dude, my dream, like junior, senior year, I went to uh, high school in Jersey. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to Miami. I'm going to play volleyball in Miami. Uh, that was the first school I applied to. And the only school I applied to at first until my parents were like, you should probably throw in some safety schools just in case you don't get in. I was like, all right, fine. So I got in and then I went down there this was 2011. Right. And I was like, so stoked. So, um, probably the worst one on the volleyball team. They're just so freaking good. And I thought I was good. So I was like, put, I was putting my place and, um, I was doing architectural engineering. And so volleyball plus engineering, plus all the distractions and the beach and whatever. I was a terrible student, dude. Like I got one a and everything else D's 
Like I was a terrible <laughs> student team. So my second semester is when I decided like I should switch to exercise science or like kinesiology. Um, Cause I took an elective of that in high school and I thought it was so cool. I'm like, there's no way you can major in this. Like there's no way this is a real job. So, but they actually offered it. So I switched to, but at that point I realized I'm just wasting money. Like I'm having too much fun down here. I should probably go home. So I went back home. So I did, uh, I guess I withdrew, right? I just like, I right, left school, came back home. And then since I was there for like a couple months being a bum, my parents were like, let's do something productive, right? And then, so I was looking around at um, things to do. And my dad actually went on this program. It's like a, uh, like a mission program kind of thing. He went to Egypt and like other places that they take you all over. So I chose the one that goes to Australia. So it was like this whole program thing. It's like six, seven months, but with complete strangers. So I chose that, I applied for it. I flew out to Australia. Um, I was there for like a whole seven, eight months. Um, dude, the sickest trip of my life. We went to like 13 different countries across the whole thing. Like met random new people. Like some of my best friends are like in Canada, Germany, like all over the world. We're staying in hostels and like could have died multiple times because some of those places don't even have Wi-Fi. So if someone murdered us, you know, they wouldn't even know. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, most of my like crazy stories, dude, are from that trip. We went to like Nepal, did some hiking, not the full Kathmandu, but like over there, like ate some crazy stuff, you know, it was, it was freaking sick. And then when I came back is when I decided, all right, I should probably go back to school, you know, finish, finish those next three years. And, um, how I landed at Eastern was like probably the lamest, lamest way. So I got back home to Staten Island and I was looking at schools this time. I'm like, I'm not going to go half across the country somewhere that I can drive through, you know? And my three criteria were exercise science. Do they have a volleyball program and proximity to a CrossFit gym <laughs> and Eastern met two of those. And so I went, um, that summer, I think fall of, summer of 2014 is when I was like, I had a list of 10 to 15 schools in the area that I was going to visit. Eastern just happened to be the first one. And I got lazy and I stopped visiting schools after that. So I went to Eastern, applied, and I just went like, all right, I'll stick it out here. That's so funny. I, I, I was the same way too. I, I only applied to Eastern. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And like, I got there the first week I got there, I was like, what the fuck did I just apply for? It was so, but I was the same way, just super lazy. Like I applied to one school and I'm like, all right, I got in. So let's just roll with it. Yeah. I don't regret it. I mean, right now it's like so different than it was when we were there, but I mean, everything happened for a reason. So I'm here now. I don't regret it. Yeah. And did you start coaching volleyball, like helping out with the volleyball team right away? Cause they don't no. have, they don't have a men's program. They just have yeah, a well, female. They do now. Right? Yeah. The past like two years. Um, no, when I was there, so you remember Steph, right? Steph Alechko. Mm-hmm. So she right, played for them and we were friends and we're like playing intramural, like my sophomore, junior year. I don't know. Um, and then she's like, Hey, I, I guess they didn't realize how good I was or whatever. <laughs> so she said, um, do you want to be like a volunteer manager, right? For the team. My whole three years there, dude, I went to one volleyball game. i never went to any game. I'm like, I don't care about this. So, um, and then, so I helped out that spring, like my senior year, fall, spring, and obviously I didn't get paid because I was just like volunteering. That's when I met the coach and all that stuff. And uh, he, after graduating, he also knew that I was still in the area. So he asked me, do you want to stay, you know, join the staff? And so, yeah, the past, this will be my fifth year now. Um, 
helping out with the with the team. So no, it, it was all honestly shout out to Steph. Like if she didn't set that up, I would have probably never done it. Ah, that's awesome. What's what's been the biggest lesson working with that team? If I, uh, I mean, a lot of people don't know listening Eastern, but uh, they're one of the best D three volleyball teams in the country. So what's uh, what's the culture been like? What have you learned from that? Yeah, um, I think like any you know captain, any coach, manager, whoever's in that head honcho position, right? It all starts with them, like setting the standard, setting the culture, and then it trickles down to everyone else, right? Because the freshmen have to buy in. So I realized like from the get go. Um, Bert Whistle, that's the head coach, right? Mark Bert Whistle, like he's, he's cool. Right. But he means business for certain things and he knows what he's talking about. So like, I think like freshmen are probably maybe intimidated at first. I don't know, but like, he's, he's been there for what, 30 years. I think that's the first thing he did after graduating from Messiah. So, um, since then, obviously it's gone through a lot of changes, but like the past, you know, not last year, a couple of years, whatever, but at a point they had what, like 10, 11 conference championships in a row and like playoffs and all that stuff. Yeah. They're very good. So, you know, most of the banners in the gym are just women's volleyball. Um, so honestly props to him. I think he's the one who like set the standards, set the culture, like, and, and his like way of coaching, it's not yelling or anything, right. It's lead by example. It's, he knows what he's talking about and he himself can hold his own on the court too. So like, um, and, and then it trickles down to like the captains. So that senior year, right? Riley, Steph, Alicia, like, you know, they're all, all Americans and stuff like that. Like if you're good and you know what you're talking about, then the people will follow, you know? And so it's definitely that whole culture. Every year we have preseason, postseason, all those meetings. Um, and it's literally like biggest things about EUVB culture, you know, what, what they represent, like the alumni kind of all that stuff too. So, I like, I mean, I take pride in that, like other schools, I think, you know, men's soccer, you know, pretty, pretty good at, at Eastern too. But uh, like, I didn't watch a single women's field hockey game. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like certain sports I just didn't care for, but um, yeah, women's volleyball, dude. And then I think men's is picking up now too. It's just, I think it starts from head honcho down and really got to bind to the system. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that. The couple volleyball games that I did to, get, did go to, I noticed that he kind of just sits there and you'll have like, there will be a timeout or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm not too familiar with volleyball, but like there will be like a team gathering and he's kind of, he's there, but he's not yelling at anybody. He's not getting in anybody's face. It's just like teaching, coaching. Yeah. It's I mean, very, I, very laid back though. I think a lot of, he does a lot of reading like and coaching and stuff. It was the John Wooden, I think he centers a lot of stuff around the, you know, the basketball coach UCLA, um, the pyramid of success and like controlling your controllables. That's the biggest thing. Like all of our meetings this year have been through zoom, right? What can we control? We're not, we don't have a full season, right? Practices are limited and whatever it is, what can we control? Right. You don't, we don't have to stress out about everything else. So when it comes to like a regular season, you know, Monday through, I don't know, say we have a tournament on the Saturday. So Monday through Friday, we're putting in all the work, Saturday is just the time to showcase that you're not going to learn anything new day of, you know, it's working on it in practice, asking the right questions, making mistakes, totally fine. But when it comes game time, you know, put what you learned into play. So like, I think like a, probably like a CrossFit competition, you know, you're not going to learn something new day of, you're going to fall back on what you have been doing. So when you train all week long, do it the right way so that when you go to a competition, it shows, you know? 
Yeah, I like that. Controlling the controllables is huge, especially like during this time, you can look at all the external circumstances and be like, this sucks. This situation's terrible. I can't work. I can't go to whatever I want to go to. But there's a few things that are in your control. And if you don't make the most of them, you're going to be sorry later, you know? Well, what like what have you taken from the volleyball team to your individual coaching in CrossFit? CrossFit, um, yeah. So I think biggest thing is everything. Like people are smart, man. Like they see what the head honcho does, right? Marco, the coaches, the owners, whatever, and then it trickles down from there, right? So like probably the most practical example is like we we'll still, we'll do the class, you know, like a lot of CrossFit gyms, like the owners, the, you know, elite, like competitive people, they don't do class, right. They'll do open gym. They'll do their own workout. They're probably programmed by like misfit or something else. Right. Like, I think, yeah. I mean, if you need to do that, do that, but like nothing's wrong with a crappy program, as long as you follow it to the T right. If you pay for the best program out there, but you skip every other day and you know, that doesn't mean that means crap. So not that we have a crappy program, but if we follow it to the T, then, you know, it's solid. So I think the fact that he works out at a class that I coach, I work out at a class that he coaches, you know, and vice versa, all the other coaches too. Like members see that, you know, yeah, we're taking up a spot in class. Sure. But they see that they're not doing anything extra that we're not doing. So if they're doing it and they're getting better, why would not, why would we not do it? You know, even from the more, more advanced members to like people who just started a week ago. So I think definitely leading by example, right. And like people who own a gym and they're never there, you know, they just do the business stuff behind it or they work out once a week and they come in to just check up on thing. Right. You're not really setting a culture, you know, the, whoever the coaches is going to set the culture then. So I think the fact that we're there all the time, right. Probably too much. And then like, um, so I think people, I realize more and more people are smart. So they'll see that they're not going to say anything, but like, let's say I stop taking classes and I just come to open gym cause I have a key. Right. And I do my own thing. They're probably not going to fly. So. Yeah. I like that, man. I never thought about that, but if you, uh, if you show that you trust in it and you're yeah. committed to doing something, then that rubs off on other people. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, dude. That's awesome. Might've been, like a Ben Bergeron thing. I don't know. I listened to a lot of his stuff too. Like it was literally one quote, um, like, you know, no one's too good for class. Like even games athletes, you know, like sure for them, they might have to scale up, right. Go 185 instead of 135, whatever it is. Right. But you're not too good for class. You know, like you don't have to take up a, that corner of the gym just to do your own stuff. Like class, you know, communities first. So take the class. If you want to do stuff after that and do it. But like, if you hit that one hour with all your intent, you really shouldn't need to do anything else, you know? So. Do you compete at all in CrossFit or are you just doing it? For uh, not really. Hard? I mean, like the most, not that I don't want to, you know, I think the open, you know, the five weeks of the open is stressful enough. Like I enjoy doing that. I get the same vibe. Like, you know, if, if the boys are pushing on a Saturday, you know, it feels like a throwdown anyway. So like, I'm not a big fan of like paying 80, $90 or whatever it is for an online qualifier to get there and if I win, I'll get my money back. You know, if you come podium, I'll get a t-shirt. Like, I can do the same thing in my own gym for free. You know, not that I, I'm not opposed to competing. I just, it's not the first thing I look to, you know? So. Yeah. That's funny that you say that my, uh, one buddy who was on here, he was on it. 
it was a while ago at this point, but Max Cutler, he runs a gym in Delaware okay, called yeah, Thrive Athletics. And uh, he was, so he's competitive. He's doing regionals. He's doing, you know, competitions like that, Wadapalooza, whatever. And he talked about like not working out in front of the members. And I think he does, I think he does do both. Like he'll go in and take class, but also like those terrible workouts that he needs to get done. He tries not to do them in front of people. Cause it's like, okay. it's like, this isn't CrossFit. This is, this is a sport. This is me playing football yeah. or baseball. This is what I'm doing. And then when he can go to the class, then it's like, okay, let's have fun. Let's, uh, let's push ourselves, yeah, yeah. but we're not trying to, you know, not be able to walk for three weeks. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, they might eventually see it on Instagram or something, but he's not doing it in front of them while class is going on. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's talk about your Instagram, man. I swear you should have a hundred thousand followers, but, but you're, you got a small following, but, uh, I love, I love the videos that you post and, and you're, you're a hundred percent yourself and can you're have fun. fun man. Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't like that at first, dude. Honestly, like to be completely honest, I'm a, like huge introvert. Like I don't have the balls to do anything, man. But I think it was that trip to Australia, honestly, like when I first started college, right? I was already 22, whatever it was like, not YOLO. I don't really believe in YOLO. It's just literally like who, who my motto is like, who cares, right? Like when's the next time you're going to see that person, you know, like life's too short, right? Freaking just do grow, grow a pair and do it, you know? And so like, honestly, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing to do. Like probably once a week, I'll have some dumb idea, right? Like, ah, oh, that'd be, that'd be funny to do. Um, and like, I'll either do it and record it or like, you know, spend forever trying to edit it because I have no idea what I'm doing. And then, you know, I, I boop, click share. <laughs> just It's like the dumbest thing, dude. I know. It's like people get a hoot out of it. I have more fun just making it and laughing at myself. You know, I have some dumb stuff up there. Dude. I think it's awesome, though, that you can just you can just put that out there. So many people are just afraid to to look silly or to to not be them. To be yeah, themselves. I'm not going to do, you know, like other fitness people always do like, oh, here's, especially during quarantine, they're always posting like, um, you know, here's a couple exercises you can do on your next back day. You know, like I could do the same thing too. Like, <laughs> but I'd rather, that's just so silly to me, you know, like there's so many YouTube videos out there of exercise demos, like who needs another one? All right. And with all this going on, especially 2020, right? Like everything's either everything when you're scrolling, right? Everything's like negative or like, makes you feel a certain way, right? Very guilty. Never, not always positive, right? So I'm trying to break the trend here. When you scroll and you see my name pop up, as, as long as you get a goofy smile, right? Something dumb, right? So like, I'm trying to control my controllables, right? What can I do? Put something dumb out there. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, at least I laughed, you know? I think the best one so far was the Soul Cycle. Yeah. <laughs> the echo bike to walk yeah, dude, that, that day, was so funny that was post work like i was it was a thursday so it was like a recovery thing i was doing like a 30 minute bike piece right and then my legs locked like i was freaking cramping so i like um rolled out whatever and then like 30 minutes later because the entire time i was biking right i was focused but in the back of my head i was thinking wait i can make this dumb video right now so when i was done i hopped back on the bike put the damper all the way at zero right and like just spent like an hour and a half filming some dumb stuff. I was cracking up the entire time by myself in the gym. I wouldn't do this if no one else was in there. But like, obviously a lot of people know that I do this. Dude, it's the, I feel so silly doing it, but I have so much fun doing it. What what doesn't make the cut? Like how many how many takes are you doing at these Dude, things? man, I mean, lately I've been getting pretty good, right? Where I can like time it with the music or I don't know, whatever I'm doing. Um, 
it, at first, man, it was like for like, let's say a five second piece, right? It, like at least four, five, six videos, right? To get, get that right. Like lately it's been, Hey, one shot and done. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I haven't had one in a while. Actually, now that you say this, I should probably go make one. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to. I think they're, they're definitely going to make people laugh and anyone who doesn't follow you will get your Instagram linked up in the show notes. So you can, you can go see your videos. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's good, man. Like you can have that, you can have fun with yourself and just like kind of looking at your background and credentials, you're a CSCS, you're a CrossFit coach, you're a professor. We'll get into that a little bit, but like you have all these things going for you but you can also have fun. You can also separate that at the door and be like, no, let's like life is about having fun. It's not like, let me be super serious. And I'm sure that if you wanted to, you could go to a school and be a strength and conditioning coach. You can do those videos. This is how we do rows correctly. This is the rep range. You could do all the science stuff, but, but like, what's the point if you, if you just want to have a little bit of fun too? Yeah. I think, I mean that my whole time at, at Nova with, with Marco and the other interns, like it was eye opener, dude. With that, like that six, seven months, that one year, like prior to that, that definitely helped to kind of break out of my shell. So, like one thing I think is really important, the the uh, coaches there told us was like it stuck with me. Yeah, they six inch voice, six foot voice, and a sixty yard voice. Um, prior to that, I only did personal training, right? Some crossfit classes, like working very low level, right? And then when I got to there, like. I'm, I'm 190 pounds, right? I'm smaller than every single freshman football player. They're already 300 pounds there, right? They lift more than I can, right? So you have to earn their respect. So when they first see you, right? I don't look like a typical strength and conditioning coach. So like um, the six inch I got, that's like one-on-one, right? Six foot, that's like a small group anyone can do. But 60 yard boys, right? To take command of like a group of kids who don't pay attention, who don't even want to be there at five o'clock in the morning, Right. And to earn the respect, that was an eye opener. I had to like break out of my shell and like really, you know, not fake it till you make it, but sack up and be a man, you know? And so um, that whole time definitely helps. So when we're there, it's super serious, you know, like Monday through Friday, whatever it is, 5 a.m. to whatever. The main main focus was football. And then we're assigned other sports. So I had volleyball, baseball, and golf. Um, which I asked for, I asked for volleyball and, you know, obviously you have to help with other sports too, but at Nova, you know, basketball's number one. So no one gets them They're They have their own strength uh, staff next to that is football. So everyone has to help out with football and then it's divvied up from there. So I thoroughly enjoyed working with like, you know, the sports I play like volleyball, um, golf was sick, dude. I got a new appreciation for golf cause I suck at it. So, um, but football, it was so entertaining. You see all these videos on Instagram of like, you know, it's hella hype around Iraq right? Because the boys like maxing out whatever, they're lifting so much more than I can ever deadlift, you know, at like five o'clock in the morning. So like, you have to earn that respect. And you got to, you know, just suck sack up, be a man, and be a good coach. So, you know, how'd you do that personally? Like, I know you can kind of you can yell and scream, but like, yeah, I feel like kids can definitely see if you're not being genuine. Like if you, if you're not, if you're not going to be serious, they're not going to take you seriously. So what did you do like that day one where you're like, all right, this is time for the 60 yard voice. How'd that go? It, it probably took dude, like the whole time to even get good at like every day someone's messing up anyway. Right. Like with the golf team and the volleyball team, you can be, you're not going to yell at girls, right. It's coaching girls is completely different than coaching a whole bunch of linemen. Um, 
but I think they also see like we had staff lift. Right. And so, yeah, they're at classes, but like they see us in the gym too. So like, if we're not doing what they're doing, right. That's off the gate. They're not going to buy in. Right. And if we don't move with control, like, like say me doing whatever at 135 when they could do it at 275. Right. It's, if it looks the same, who cares what the weight is, right. If I'm moving with intent, moving the right way, then, you know, that, that gains some respect there. They'll, they'll know that I actually know what I'm talking about, even though they weigh 150 pounds more than I do. Right. So I think it's all in, you know, perspective, like I'm never going to lift what they can, but as if, but if I make it look good, right. If I can master that 225 when they're doing 405, right. Then it translates. So I think like with the coaching voice, like it's a whole bunch of guys. We had a couple girls on staff too, but like, you just really got to put a straight face on, you know, suck it up. Like a lot of things that we missed, everyone messed up, dude, but it's a learning process. You know, if day one, the, the head coach was like, Oh, you're doing great. You know, like keep it up. Then you might feel good at yourself, but you're not gonna learn a single thing. So like there's been multiple times where we got, you know, ripped a new one because we messed up. So it's okay because we'll learn the next time, you know, it's embarrassing when you get ripped in front of the, all those kids, but they know that you're learning too. Everyone's learning. So everyone's getting better, you know? So that was definitely a sick internship and I'm glad I, I got it. Um, my senior year at Eastern. Yeah, that's really cool. I think it's definitely a good learning experience. I'm sure when you're going through it though, it's like, it's pretty tough. Like you're yeah. kind of, you're just learning on the fly was there a point where you're like, I don't know if I want to, I would want to do strength and conditioning. I'd, I'd rather do CrossFit. Like, did you notice that during that time? Um, so I realized, right. You can go different ways. Like if you're, if you have your CSCS, like in that strength and conditioning, you know, field, a lot of people will stay collegiate. Right. And, and, or do like their own private sector, right. And go train athletes, whatever collegiate, I think is more fun, but like, let's be honest, it's like a, you have to hop around so many schools, different stepping stones. You're not going to land a head honcho spot or even an assistant spot like a couple years in. And so you have to move to the different schools, do internships, paid internships, unpaid internships, whatever. Right. And um, kind of work from the bottom of the totem pole up. Right. And it is really who, you know, so let's say like someone I worked with at Nova is now the head coach somewhere else. There might be a chance I get a spot there, but there's no guarantee. So I wasn't willing to like commit, you know, in the next four or five years to be, an assistant all over the world, you know, like whatever it is. So that, and it kind of came at the same time when Marco was there too. He, we're the only two guys that did CrossFit. Everyone else was like powerlifters or, you know, regular gym stuff. So our workouts would sometimes just, we do like a Metcon on the side, you know? And um, I remember he was saying, cause he, he was at Westchester. He was saying, Hey, you know, if I start a gym, you want to help me out or like something along the lines of, right. Like, and I told him, like, I would love to help him out. Right. So it, that came into fruition. So like when he started it, um, almost running up on three years now, right. Like I was helping him. And, uh, if he didn't say that, then I'm, I don't know, I might've moved back home because I'm not going to stay in PA for volleyball, you know? So everything kind of worked out same time after graduating. I'm not opposed to collegiate strength and conditioning. I think it's sick. Just, I, I don't know. I think it's for certain people like, and, um, not, not me. I'd rather stick to the CrossFit side you know, and help the old grandma, you know, do a farmer's carry rather than the homeboy, you know, PR 600 pounds, even though that's so much more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Saltzman talked about that. Like he was working three different jobs, one full-time, two part-time, like going everywhere five in the morning till nine at night. 
And yeah, that's something that you have to, you have to really commit to. Yeah. Like it depends on the school. If it's like Under Armour or Nike, you get so much swag, you know, being on staff. So that's definitely exciting, but yeah, your hours are like hella early in the morning. And that's why some strength coaches don't really find time to lift themselves because by the time they have off, they need to eat or it's downtime. Right. So like the typical strength and conditioning body is like an old football guy who has a huge beer belly, you know, because <laughs> they don't ever lift either. Yeah. I guess you got to weigh out. Like, do you want a wardrobe full of Under Armour shit or do you want like balance in your life and yeah. be able to, to move around and, and kind of be free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, uh, I had a uh, Shannon who played volleyball at Eastern on the podcast as well. And she's wow. in the college, she's in the college ranks and, uh, She's moved around a lot. Now she's at Florida State. She was at Georgia Southern when uh, she came on. So she's been, she's done that. She's moved around. She's been at different schools. So I think uh, it's definitely cool, whichever route you want to take. I think she was a senior when we were like first year there, something like that, right? Yeah, she's a, she's a little bit older. Okay, so she's yeah. been around. She's been around in the in the field. She did a lot of like unpaid internships and stuff. That's what you got to do. And I think a lot of a lot of people don't want to do that. Like you could you could go coach at a CrossFit gym and make make a little bit of money, or you could work fifteen hours a day for free for months. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's like it's kind of what you want to do. Let's uh let's just touch on you're a professor now, which is which is crazy. I didn't know that till till we started the show. So uh, what's that professor experience been like? It's honestly adjunct instructor, right? Okay. But I I'll say professor. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Dr. Greenwood, right, at Eastern in the, the department chair of the kinesiology department, she also knew that I was still in the area, so she asked me to take over that class. It's, it's only offered in the spring, and it's m- twice a week for an hour. So it's, like, very minimal, you know, um, a two-credit class. It's for exercise science students only. If there is other space, then you can sneak in other people, right, but it's, it's one of their core classes. So I've had to kick out a lot of other people that aren't, a random business major trying to take my class. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's in the fitness center. It's literally teaching kids how to move so that they can teach someone else how to move. Right. And um, it's kind of funny because we have people coming in. I don't know why they declare this major dude. They come in, they have never been inside the gym before. So why are you in extra science? First of all, and then we have the opposite end of the spectrum kids who've been lifting with Ryan, right. Saltzman. And like they have background um, they move well. Right. So they probably think the first couple months of our class is like so dumb. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we holding a PVC? You know, but in the end, everyone buys in and eventually we kind of get a middle ground there. Everyone learns something. It's very different. Like I set the standard from the get-go, dude. Like I'm coming in dressed like this, man. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not a professor. Right. So it's kind of funny. My, my first year doing it, um, classes at 12. So I remember that 10 minute gap in between, like from 1150 to 12, we're waiting in the gym lobby. I have my backpack on too. I'm wearing like Nobles or Nikes, joggers, whatever. Right. And like, no one thinks I'm a professor. Right. So, the, so around like 11:55, I say, all right, guys, we'll, we'll wait a couple more minutes and see who el- whoever else comes. Right. They all turn around and look at me like, what, what is this guy doing? And so um, I think some of them knew because if they've been to volleyball games, right, they see that I'm on staff. So they, like, they kind of put it together that I'm not a student, but for a lot of them, the freshman sophomore, right. They had no idea. They're like, what the hell is this random guy talking to us for? And then um, the fact that I am, you know, lifting in the gym, either pre-class or post-class, then they realize, oh, 
he knows what he's talking about, whatever it is, right? And so I still don't feel like a professor, dude. I don't like, I don't address anything Professor Pang. It's just Jay Pang. They're the ones who email me saying Professor Pang, blah, 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 blah. So like, it's kind of funny. That's awesome, man. That's really cool though. I think uh, that's definitely like a valuable experience that you'll get, you'll get to have on your resume, like to, depending on wherever you go, like no one can take that, that part away from you. Yeah. I don't think there's tenure for an adjunct, but <laughs> every, every year, every year I've been asked to do it. So with no questions asked, she keeps sending me stuff, trying to get it set up for next semester, which is going to look very different. Like we're apparently all, if we're in person, which is what they're planning, right? Masks and that face shield. So Eastern order them all. Um, the gym will be closed for that block. So it's my class, my class only. Okay. I don't know how it's going to look, but we'll make it work. Yeah. Control the controllables. That's all you yeah, can exactly. do. Exactly. Well, this was really fun, man. Where can people go if they want to find you on Instagram? They have, they have to go and find you on Instagram. Well, it's, it's private. So what? I guess I got to make it public, right? First, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, Chanyak. So that's my Korean name. It's my middle name. C-H-A-A-N-H-Y-U-K uh i don't know that's, that's what the, the handle is right but it's jonathan pang i don't know i'm, I'm sure it's up there somewhere it's some goofy looking asian guy so <laughs> dude, I, dude. I, I, dude honestly it's like the most random it'll be like something serious for your family or friends right like a legit good photo that you would probably see somewhere else and then the next one some dumb thing <laughs> of me filming myself doing some so dumb i think you have to do it that way like i've been trying to do the instagram the Instagram theme on doing like the checkerboard thing. Okay. And, and like, it's, it's all right. Like the, yeah. I, I'm definitely like trying to put out a positive message, but mm-hmm. there's some stuff that I just want to put out because I like it or I think it's yeah, exactly, funny. Right. Who cares? Like it should be something that like, whether you get likes or not, I mean, you posted, you know, I view it for my own pleasure too. So like I go back on mine, I'm like cracking up dude. <laughs> like who cares if it's one like or a hundred, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's a good mindset to have, man. Like you can't, you can't be uh, doing it for other people. You just really have to do what you enjoy and the rest will fall into place. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, brother. This was really fun. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It's the first time ever doing this. So it was fun. Once again, thanks so much to John for coming on the show. Really appreciated the conversation with him. I feel like we both kind of just forgot that we were recording and just having a good conversation, so I always appreciate doing episodes like this one. If you guys liked it, take a quick screenshot, put it on your Instagram story, share it out, let people know you liked it. If you want to tag both of us, that would definitely be much appreciated. And if you have a few minutes this week, just a small, small, small ask of you guys, click that five-star rating button on iTunes and leave a quick review. Those things go such a long way and help me out in more ways than you can ever imagine. So it'll take you two minutes, just five-star rating, quick review. I appreciate you guys tuning in every single week, giving me your ears. It's always fun to do these. So thank you guys so much, and I will talk to you guys on the next one.